Shalom, greetings, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. And I just want to take a minute and just thank those of you who have been faithful in supporting the podcast and supporting me and my family. I appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, the Patreon subscribers, uh, which has dwindled down to quite a small number compared to what it used to be. I'm really grateful for those of you who have uh, kind of stuck by the work that's being done here and the Bible studies and uh, all of that. So thank you so much for your support. By the way, if you are a Patreon subscriber, there's going to be a video going up at some point today uh, where I covered just an article that I wanted to share with you. Uh, So kind of uh, just a little extra for saying uh, my way of saying thank you for uh, all your support and all you do today. We are resuming our study in the book of Kings. We're ready for chapter 7. Now, last week ended with Solomon had finally got the temple built, right? And it says, In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid in the month of Ziph. And in the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, and according to the fashion of it, so it was he so it was he seven years in building it. So it took Solomon seven years to build this incredible thing. Uh, obviously, with the grace of God, and uh, if you think about back in the times of Exodus, right when they were building the tabernacle and all, and all these things, like God gave the people supernatural uh, crafting skills and carpentry skills and things like that to make this happen. No doubt God was involved in this process and anointing and giving favor. Uh, He was able to get the cedar trees uh, with favor from Lebanon and those types of things. And then we move to chapter 7. And now Solomon is going to be telling us for the first 12 verses or so. So verses 1 through 12, it's going to be about Solomon building his own palace. Um, And then... And starting with verse 13, it kind of transitions back to the temple uh, where they're putting together all the furnishings for the temple. And so that's kind of uh, what's on the agenda today. It's 51 verses. It's a continuation of the building uh, that's taking place, the furnishings for the temple, and the building of Solomon's palace. So I'm going to read the first 12 verses, and then I'm going to read you a little bit of commentary just to kind of settle in uh, what's taking place here. And then we'll finish it out. So, you know, sometimes the scriptures aren't overly exciting, right? There's no big, you know, exciting drama happening. Uh, Sometimes it's just historical. And a lot of this stuff is historical, but it's important for us to know the history. And uh, even though these don't, these, you know, stories and these podcasts about these stories aren't going to get thousands of views, like if I were to post something about prophecy, it's, it's, it's just as important. And I think those who hunger for the things of God find it interesting. Those who hunger for the things of God care. And that's why you're listening this morning. So, long enough introduction today. Let's dig in. The book of Kings, King James Bible, chapter 7, verse 1. But Solomon was building his own house 
thirteen years, and he finished all his house. He built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. The length thereof was a hundred cubits, and the breadth thereof fifty cubits, and the height thereof thirty cubits upon four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams upon the pillars. And it was covered with cedar above upon the beams that lay on forty-five pillars, fifteen in a row. And there were windows in the three rows, and a light was against light in these ranks. And all the doors and posts were square, with the windows and the light was against the light in the three ranks. And he made a porch of pillars, the length thereof was fifty cubits, and the breadth thereof thirty cubits, and the porch was before them. And the other pillars and the thick beam were before them. Then he made a porch for the throne, where he might judge, even the porch of judgment. And it was covered with cedar from one side of the floor to the other. And his house where he dwelt had another court within the porch, which was of like work. Solomon made also a house for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken to wife, like unto this porch. All these were of costly stones, according to the measure of hewed stones, sawed with saws within and without, even from the foundation unto the coping, and so on the outside towards the great cart, great court. And the foundation was of costly stones, even great stones, stones of ten cubits and stones of eight cubits. And above were costly stones after the measures of hewed stones and cedars. And the great court round about was with three rows of hewed stones and a row of cedar beams, both for the inner court of the house of the Lord and for the porch of the house. All right, please note, that's the first 12 verses dealing with Solomon building his own palace. He also builds a house for his new wife, Pharaoh's daughter. And I'm trying to imagine... What this what, what this look like? I mean, you have this magnificent temple, which had to have been one of the most incredible things to set your eyes upon. Solomon's porch, Solomon's house, uh, with all this cedar and these pillars of cedar. It was called the house of the forest of Lebanon. I mean, it must have been some of the most beautiful architecture uh, the world has ever seen. And we're talking like the pinnacle of, of Israel. They've got peace on every side. They've got wealth. They're powerful. It's, it had to have just been an amazing, amazing time, especially if you were a Jew living in Israel. Let me give you this um, commentary from F.B. Meyer. It's real short here. He says, Solomon's house took nearly twice as long to build as the temple. Which, surely you noticed, I read from last week, right, he finished the temple in seven years, but then verse 1 of chapter 7 here says, but Solomon was building his own house 13 years. So the question becomes, why? Here's what most commentaries say, I'm going to continue on. Because there was not the same urgency for it. His house and that for the queen were probably built around large open courts and stood after the manner of the east on either side of the central hall where public business was transacted. 
The royal hall in Jerusalem was called the House of the Forest of Lebanon because its many pillars resembled a forest of cedar. In front of this building was a colonnade, and in front of this again the king's gate. It's more than likely that the area of Mount Zion was greatly enlarged by walls built up from the valley and filled in with earth. This furnished room for the many splendid buildings named in this paragraph. Traces of these cyclopean walls can still be seen. In order to estimate the real value of all this splendor, we have only to turn to the earliest chapters of Ecclesiastes, where we read how little it satisfied the hunger of Solomon's soul. He turned away from it all, as unsatisfied as the prodigal from the husk of the swine. We were made for God, and only God can suffice. So F.B. Meyer makes the point, look, you know, kind of how I was saying this was some of the most amazing and most beautiful buildings and things in human history. And yet, according to the book Ecclesiastes, Solomon said it's all vanity. It's all for nothing. He had all the wisdom, all the wealth, all the power, all the beautiful structures, all the women, all the, everything a man could possibly dream of having, and yet he was unsatisfied. Because like what F.B. Meyer says here, we were made for God, and only God can suffice. Let's read the rest of our chapter, dealing with the creating the furnishings for the temple. So we're going to start with verse 13. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. And he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about. And he made two chapiters of molten brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of the one chapiter was five cubits, and the height of the other chapiter was five cubits. And nets of checkerwork, and wreaths of chainwork, and chapiters which were upon the top of the pillars, seven for one chapiter and seven for the other chapiter. And he made the pillars of two rows round about upon the network to cover the chapiters that were upon the top with promegannets. And so did he for the other chapter. And the chapters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. And the chapters upon the two pillars had promegannets also above, over against the belly, which was by the network. And the promegannets were two hundred in rows, round about upon the other chapter. And he set up pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar, and he called the name thereof Jachin. And he set up the left pillar, and he called the name of thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. And he made a molten sea ten cubits from the one brim to the other. It was round all about, and its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. 
and under the brim of it round about there were knops compassing it, ten cubit compassing the sea round about. The knops were cast into two rows when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south and three looking toward the east, and the sea was set above them all, and all their hindered parts were inward. And it was a handbreadth thick, and a brim thereof was wrought like the brim of a cup with flowers of lilies. It contained two thousand baths. He made ten bases of brass. Four cubits was the length of one base, and four cubits the breadth thereof, and three cubits the height of it. And the work of the bases was on this manner. They had borders, and borders were between the ledges. And on the borders that were between the ledges were lions, oxen, cherubims. And upon the ledges there was a base above, and beneath the lions and oxen with certain additions made of thin work. And every base had four brazen wheels and plates of brass, and four corners thereof had unsetters. Under the laver were undersetters molten at the side of every addition. And the mouth of it uh, within the chapiter and above was a cubit, but the mouth thereof was round after the work of the base, and a cubit and a half, and also upon the mouth of it were gravings with their borders, four square, not round. And under the borders were four wheels, and the axle trees, and the wheels were joined to the base, and the height of the wheel was a cubit and a half a cubit. And the work of the wheel was like the work of a chariot wheel. Their axle trees and their knaves and their fellows and their spokes were all molten. And there were four undersetters to four corners of one base, and the undersetters were of the very base itself. And the top of the base there was a round compass of a half of a cubit high, and on the top of the base the ledges there was, the borders thereof were of the same. For on the plates of ledges thereof, and on the borders thereof, he graved cherubims, lions, palm trees, according to the proportion of every one, and additions round about. After this manner he made the ten bases of all them, had one casting, one measure, and one size. And then he made ten lavers of, ba of brass, one laver contained forty baths, and every laver was four cubits, and upon every one of the ten bases one laver. And he put five bases on the right side of the house and five on the left side of the house, and he set the sea on the right side of the house eastward against the south. And Haram made the lavers and, he, and the shovels and the basins. So Haram made an end of doing all the work that he made King Solomon for the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowls of chapters that were on the top of the two pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the chapters which were upon the top of the pillars. And four hundred promaganus for the two networks, even two rows of promaganus for one network to cover the two bowls of the chapter, chapters that were upon the pillars. And ten bases and ten levers and on the bases and one sea and twelve oxen under the sea. And the pots, the shovels, and the basins, and these vessels which Haram made to King Solomon for the house of the Lord were of bright brass. And the plain of the Jordan did the king cast them in the clay ground between Sukkoth and Zarathon. 
And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed, because they were exceeding many. Neither was their weight of brass found out. And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold, the table of gold, whereupon the showbread was, the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side, five on the left side, before the oracle, with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold, and the hinges of gold, both of the doors and the inner house the most holy place, and for the doors of the house to wit of the temple. So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated. Even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. And that, my friends is the end of chapter 7 in the book of Kings. Must have been an amazing time. Amazing structures and amazing people. And it's unfortunate, right? Because the peak is here with Solomon. But it's but after Solomon it starts to go downhill, right? Seems to be the case with uh, with culture. <laughs> At some point, after God blesses a, a country or a nation or a people with great abundance, great wealth, great power, great peace, eventually we reject God, go our own ways, and find ourselves in a ditch that we dug over a period of decades. Which unfortunately is where I think we find ourselves today. May the glory of the Lord fill the earth. May a great revival happen in our day. Or better yet, may the Lord Jesus return. I hope you've been blessed this morning. Again, thank you for those of you who support this podcast and help make it happen through your contributions in the mail, PayPal, Patreon. Couldn't do without you. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.